0: I truly believe that we all actually agreed to embody and be here at this time to play the important role that we're playing. We all have this station in life. I believe there was a call to the cosmos of, you know, hey, look what's the earth has got happening here. This is unfolding. This journey is immediately ahead. And on some level we embody, you know, to be here now and to play our role. and And it's a, as I mentioned earlier, PACE, We all, this is a puzzle piece thing where we're all kind of plugging in our contributions together, and that's how we get there. And you have even a few people fall out with what their contributions are, and we don't get there. So so we all have this really crucial role to play.
1: That's our guest, Steve Farrell, co-founder and worldwide executive director of Humanities Team, a global nonprofit based in Boulder, Colorado. Co-founded in 2003 by Steve Farrell and Neil Donald Walsh, Humanity's team focuses on helping people throughout the world awaken to their deeper selves and the interconnectedness of everything in the universe, so they can embody that awareness in every aspect of their lives. Stay tuned to hear about Steve's journey from a successful Silicon Valley tech executive to leaving the American dream behind in order to follow his heart and answer a higher spiritual calling. I'm Lisa Byrne. And I'm Lori Gambacorda. We're your co-hosts. Welcome to the Epic Conscious Living Podcast. Transform yourself, impact
2: the world. Educating, empowering, and inspiring you to live a spiritual, healthy, and sustainable lifestyle. Building a community that elevates consciousness for the greater good. We make it easy for you to be epic.
1: If you're already a subscriber, thank you. We
2: appreciate you. And if you haven't gotten a chance, please hit the subscribe button. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Epic Conscious Living Podcast. We're very honored and excited to have with us in the studio today, Steve Farrell from Humanities Team. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Great to be with you all. Thanks for having me. So uh, before we
1: dive in, Lisa and I just want to say a, a deep heartfelt thank you for the work that you do in the world. It, it's so necessary right now. And and we share that passion for raising the consciousness of humanity. And we really Uh, commend you for doing it on such a large scale. And, you know, we've participated in your Global Oneness Summits in the past and signed the Conscious Business Declaration. So you have actually had quite a bit of personal impact on the two of us and our business model. So we thank you for that. And for the listeners who don't know, can you just start with like a little brief description of humanity's team and its mission in the world? (laughs)
0: You bet, Lori. And let me share, I'm grateful to be on your program with with you and Lisa. And we appreciate the work you all are doing with this whole Conscious Living podcast and other ways that you're contributing to this conscious journey, because there's there's really nothing in our view that's more important at this um, incredible moment in time here on earth than supporting people on their conscious journey. And you all are doing it too. So thank you. Now, as to what humanities team does, we're about 19 years old. We were founded back in 2003. Uh, Neil Donald Walsh, who was the author of Conversations with God and myself, founded it, launched it in uh, June of 2003 in Wilsonville, Oregon. And at the time, the way we framed the launch was that we were awakening the world to oneness, which is which is very much the same thing that we're doing today in this narrative that we've created. We share that a little different that make, maybe makes it a little more approachable. And we share that we're supporting people on their conscious journey, uh, and that we want to make conscious living pervasive worldwide by 2040, which is in 18 years. So that's a big lift. There's a, that's, that's not a small lift at all.
2: And you're talking about 2040, and we know that you have the PACE initiative, Planetary Awakening and yes. Conscious Evolution, if you want to
0: Dive right, a little right. bit
2: more into that.
0: Yeah, yeah, boy, absolutely. So I would guess your your listeners and viewers would agree that conscious living is that important. It's why they listen to your program, because as we look out on the world, you know, and coming out of COVID, uh, we can see the uh, the many challenges, how vulnerable we are, and connected we are all over the world. We really can feel that connection in a substantial way with these. Uh, people infections and uh, hospitalizations and even uh, transitions and things. But the question then becomes, so if it's a big lift and it's 18 years, how in the world do we do that? You know, Or are we just reaching for the stars and our feet aren't even on the ground? So, And we, we really do believe we can do it. So we believe our feet are on the ground, even as we reach for the stars here, so to speak. What PACE is, uh, PACE stands for planetary awakening and, and conscious evolution. So we need to even if without that uh, little turn of phrase, you know, we could, we'd could we want to be inviting people to help us pick up the pace, you know, because when we talk about making conscious living pervasive worldwide by 2040, that's that's not a humanities team thing, you know, where our little nonprofit organization is going to be doing that. Uh, it's, it's not the way it works at all. It's, it's an invitation for all of us to come down on this level playing field, which is the earth, which is our home, And to just live consciously, you know, as the start, if we're going to make conscious living pervasive worldwide by 2040, we need to begin by just fully living consciously ourselves. And then we become, you know, in a sense, living invitations, not that any of us are perfect or even excellent, but that people can sense there's some uh, truth, you know, some integrity about the way that we're living our lives holistically. And, you know, with these processes, which I'm sure we'll be talking about here during the hour where we, where we're living consciously and where there's, where, where true prosperity, you know, not just the financial prosperity is felt, but a true prosperity is felt, which is the fruit of conscious living. So uh, in PACE, we're inviting people, hey, join with us, you know, uh, again, your listeners, uh, they listen to the program because they believe in conscious living. And so now just vision into this, where we see this whole planet, the whole of the earth, a whole of humankind living consciously out in 2040 or it's pervasive so maybe it's not ubiquitous but it's pervasive which means it's common it's growing uh so what a beautiful picture that is where we're honoring the earth you know we're good stewards of the earth we honor plant life and animal life and we're living in this place of deep connection or oneness which is what conscious living talks about where we see we're an emanation of the one right we're We can call that one uh, the divine or cosmos or earth or love or whatever. It doesn't really matter what, but we're offspring of the one or emanations of the one. And we're really living fully into that. So this is what we're inviting people to do in PACE, Planetary Awakening, Conscious Evolution. Help us pick up the pace, uh, come into this. And let me just share as well. We were talking before we came onto the program and I said, "There's so much we're doing right now with conscious living. So let me just surface something here that we're working on, which is that it's odd, really, that in today's world, here we are in January 2022, and conscious living's been around for you know decades, right? One one could even share millennia to, by some. Uh, and here we are with this challenged planet." with uh, climate change and this inequities uh, and now COVID and all these things. And yet, when we look at the coffee table and global conversation and global philanthropy uh, and what it's focusing on here at this time with all these challenges, we would suggest in the humanities team that there is no serious conversation today among global elites or uh, huge philanthropic circles around, That there's perhaps a first domino here that can actually walk us out of this whole mess that we're in, a first domino, you know, where boom, all the other dominoes fall. And that first domino is conscious living. You know, it's just right under our nose, right? You all, your podcasters, about this. There are people doing this all over the world. We understand how it works. Ken Wilber coined this term flatland, where it's all about the external world, Right. And we're not paying any attention to the interior world. And he says, that's a flatland. It's very mundane. The prosperity of life is not felt right. And so isn't it interesting? Here we are, you know, in in pretty much of a flatland. It's right under our nose. This practice has been, is, is lived all over the world by many. And yet there's not, in our view, there's no serious conversation among global elites and philanthropic circles that, hey, let's just put some of our energy into elevating this notion of conscious living. This might be the thing. We don't, you know, Elon Musk is going to put hundreds of billions of dollars into interplanetary living and God bless him. That's fine. No problem with that. But now can we, if we're going to go do something like that, what do you say we put, you know, a fraction of the energy into just saying, hey, there's something we can do right here, right now on this planet that creates true prosperity and healthy living, holistic living and uh, and that we could even in this generation, create a sustainable planet and flourishing. So this is something we're working on right now is an initiative to raise the profile of conscious living so that it's, it's on the radar, that people will take it seriously and at least in, engage us in discussion. And, and they can say then as we engage in discussion, I don't believe it, or it's not true, it won't work. If that's fine, but let's at least have the discussion because this is such an important discussion.
1: The first domino, as you're calling it, it's really about embodiment. Once somebody has an understanding that consciousness is primary and that what we're experiencing in the external world flows from consciousness, you know, not the other way around. So I think a big part of the first domino is a misidentification as only a body-mind. And I think that's, you know... Right, right. What flows from that then is... You know, we do get caught up in the external world and the circumstances of the external world and the effects that are happening in the external world when really what's primary is our consciousness and that shift. So it's not just about conscious living in the sense that, you know, I'm going to choose to recycle. It's it's really about an inner transformation, because when you when you have an understanding that consciousness is primary, then your perspective changes your whole outlook changes and you you can't unsee that. You can't once you've had that kind of awakening, you can't ever you can't ever go back and you start to understand the primacy of human consciousness and awareness.
0: Yeah. Well of course you're so correct. And it, it is about embodiment, you know, what good does it do? Or we're just articulations of conscious living. And it's just our voices, yak, yak, yak. Uh it's the it's the real embodiment of conscious living that's the true invitation. And and you know, people can push it away if they think, oh, well, then I that means I need to be perfect or I need to be excellent all the time. We we don't need to be thinking that way, you know, to just bring our very best to it each day, which is what we want to do anyway, you know, just bring our very best to it each day. And it's amazing how. It can uh, just flower and prosper and be fruitful in our lives all over the place and in cultures that we're creating at work, as, such as at humanities team, et cetera. Let me say one other thing, which is, of course, this whole thing is a, this timeless truth, you know, this ancient truth by mystics and, and sacred text, etc. But what's important and what we believe was going to give us lift as we're looking to elevate this whole conscious living thing to broader circles, is science. We just completed a program called Forbidden Science with Nassim Harriman out of San Clemente, California, and Greg Braden, who's down in New Mexico. Nassim is just on the verge of unveiling his unified field theory, what what Einstein had worked on throughout his lifetime. He couldn't quite get there. Nassim's very humble about, well, you know, all this time has passed and there's additional tools and research, et cetera, et cetera. But he does now have a very simple and elegant uh, set of equations that just, now makes sense of everything from quantum scale, the smallest objects to cosmological objects, the largest uh, objects in the universe and everything in between, and what is physical and non-physical. And even the, what he calls, you know, the, the all of it, which he calls the field, which he says is, uh, which is embodied in all of it at a cellular level. And there's, there's so much more to what he's about to unveil. Now, as we talk about conscious living, where we can create the basis from the science and say look you know there's this science here it's going through peer review it's challenging our notions of ultimate reality where we say no everything is separate i mean our eyes are telling us everything's separate and the old equations where quantum physics had one set of equations and then large objects you know had another set of equations this is just really punching a hole in that and saying it's just not true so in science now uh, again It at least creates the conversation. People can say, I don't believe the science. It's not correct, whatever. And that's okay. You know, we just want to have the conversation here about conscious living because we have kids, we have our own lives, there are future generations coming. I mean, my God, why would we not look at what's right under our nose and what science now is affirming is true in terms of what ultimate reality really is,
2: which is what we need, we need the other side of the coin because a lot of people will put these ideas as woo woo and in, in that box, and and again, be in the whole vein of separation. You know, I think it was Einstein, right? It was like the delusion of separation that oh, yeah. we that we live in this prison that we we've created, and I think we are seeing it on a large scale, and that COVID is kind of a a disruptor, even though it's creating the perception of more separation it's also like playing a movie for us and really letting us see, look at the reality that we're living in. And yet every single person on this planet is having some level of struggle and some level of the same experience around this disruptor. And I think it will help us to evolve at some level, even though we, we've had to live through some people like you know very serious complications and tragedies from it that from an evolutionary perspective it is something that is helping us to evolve to that oneness place to the understanding of the connectedness of all things including viruses including every single thing that's alive in the universe
0: yeah right absolutely you know this whole it's all God and it's all good and it's it's uh everything is actually divine unfolding uh now as you mentioned you know there are people that uh have lost their lives or we would call it uh transition you know what sacred text says is that they on on a, on a soul level these people have a, had agreed to be a part of this whole process that they're actually leaving the planet at the perfect time for them which i believe is true uh again hard to stomach where you, this is your family member and so on but we can see the silver lining here where there's so many stories now and news accounts of people who are looking at their jobs, for example, and even their relationships and just saying, is it meaningful? Is it purposeful? Are my deeper values here? Is this where I want to go? There's quite a, this whole U-turn from unconscious living to conscious living. It seems uh, that there are more people now journeying uh, on that, that U-turn path and that COVID has been a, uh, a catalyst for that, where just through the uh, quiet time that we find, some of us have teenagers in the home too, or young kids, but uh, that, uh, you know, in deep reflection of, uh, is this really where I wanna go? Is this really what I wanna do? And And there's positive change that's coming from that. We're just seeing the beginnings of that. And I believe this, however it happens, this whole conscious living thing will be elevated and will be understood and not as a woo-woo thing, but as this is a real serious thing with real rigor behind it that uh, people will pay attention to. And that'll, that'll be our way out.
1: So as our friend Michael Beckwith says, you know, pain pushes until a vision pulls. And I, I believe that you know our experience of this virus is one of those things that has been a great catalyst of, of people waking up and, and turning toward a more conscious way of living. And we know that difficult and painful events are often, you know, the the catalyst. And I'd like to get a little bit into your backstory of how you came to be the co-founder and executive worldwide director of Humanities Team, because you have your own really interesting, fascinating uh, backstory. So you want to dive a little bit into that? Sure.
0: Yeah. Well, let me say, so for you too, Lori and Lisa and listeners. I truly believe that we all actually agreed to embody and be here at this time to play the important role that we're playing. We all have this station in life. I believe there was a call to the cosmos of you know hey, look what's the Earth has got happening here. This is unfolding. This journey is immediately ahead, and on some level, we embody you know to be here now and to play our role. And and it's a as I mentioned earlier, pace. We all this is a puzzle piece thing where we're all kind of plugging in our contributions together. And that's how we get there. And you have a, even a few people fall out with what their contributions are, and we don't get there. So so we all have this really crucial role to play. Now, as for myself, I have a book coming out. The book is called A New Universal Dream. My journey from Silicon Valley to a life and service to humanity it will come out toward the end of the year which tells this whole 40-year story. And the story is of really uh, just like all the listeners, you know, I was born into a into a home with a single mom. My parents got divorced when I was in the sixth grade. There were seven of us in total. My mother's working full-time as a legal secretary to help pay the bills and stuff. So I'm, I'm growing up just like everybody else. You know, I'm 1,700 square foot home. You got eight people living in it. fairly small home. And then I just really had things fall into place for me. I went to George Washington University, graduated, went out, moved out to California, was in a financial services job. Then IBM Mainframes, I got a big, uh, big, big opportunity that I went into IBM Mainframes. And then out of there in 1990, I launched my first company, uh, which was in data communications, was called uh, ENS or Enterprise Networking Systems. And I was in Silicon Valley. And then and we grew from two guys and used furniture in an executive suite, 1990 to 1999 with a $75 million company, 180 people. Uh, and then we birthed a second company inside of the first company before we sold it called MediG, which we grew in two years to $75 million with 800 people. So I was there, you know, a guy just like everybody, you know. Huge budget, paying for my own braces in the sixth grade, put my way, paid my way through college, just like everybody here. And and then I just really, truly was in the right place at the right time, out in California, to be able to do these things. Now, um, in the midst of this whole thing in Silicon Valley, I started on a spiritual journey. In truth, I was quite spiritual my whole life in the Catholic church and altar boy and stuff. And I'd always felt really close to God. I do, I feel very close to God now. It's, I feel like that's our invitation when it's, you know, we're an emanation of the one. So that's the one, and you know? we don't have to use the word God. A lot of people don't like the word, but whatever we want to call her or him, you know, and I always felt like she was in my corner, you know, of just helping me as a, a scrappy kid, trying to get a job and, you know, just uh, do okay in life. And I felt like I, and I got the brakes, you know, as I was just feeling like, thank you, God, for helping me, you know, just because I I didn't have any money backing me up or family like that. And then so conversations with God actually was one of the big door opening, I'll call it devices there in the middle 90s when I was in the midst of this whole this unbelievable American dream thing, you know, where I'm I'm growing from zero to a five million company, a 10 million company, a 20 million dollar company, a 75 million dollar company. Then I do it again but in the midst of that whole american dream thing uh just looking out my window and i still remember even right here right this moment i remember looking out my window in silicon valley i was in our headquarters it was 100 headquarters drive in, in san jose netergy our global headquarters we had 250,000 square feet of space i'm looking out my window and i'm thinking my god you know what are we doing here on this planet, you know, where there's this moment where we really need to be pivoting towards sustainable, flourishing planet. And everybody's just kind of hitting the accelerator going for the American dream. And I mean, it just, it wasn't a fleeting thought. It was like a all pervasive thought of what in the world am I doing? And are we doing? And it just consumed me to the point where I sold out of everything. I left my business associations. I I literally sold out of everything, and because I knew I needed to support the spiritual journey, which was this unfolding, to this sustainable flourishing planet. And for two years, I after I sold everything, I didn't even know what I was going to do. I had the I had the wherewithal to do that because of the financial wealth I created, you know, uh, on this American dream journey. But unfortunately, my wife, uh, who I was also led to, just like I was led to the two kids that I adopted, um, with my wife you know, we, we just were kind of supported. up. I didn't know what I was going to do for two years before I helped Neil launch humanities team. So that's kind of how it worked. And I just, uh, that was my U-turn, you know, where I'm on the left side of the U which is unconscious American dream, and then experiencing all of what you get to experience the private jets, the private ski areas, even where Bill Gates has his home and all of the luxurious places that you eat and drive cars and race cars and all that stuff. I got to experience all of that. And from my upbringing, which was very modest, you know, there was a part of me that was like, oh my God, wow, this is so surreal, you know? And then there was another part of me, what am I doing? I mean, look what's happening on the planet. And I'm here drinking the finest wine in the finest place on the finest jet, you know? So I had that uh, chatter going on of uh, what are we going to do here, Steve? You know, what you're going to choose, what do you choose? And chose this path. Uh, And now humanities team is going on 19 years old and what an incredible journey. I work with amazing people that are very conscious and there's our whole culture is incredibly conscious. It's just like right now, as we're talking where nobody's trying to talk over anybody, Where we're just feeling into you know this moment, and we have this, and just like you all with you all, there's this objective of this conscious planet, and it's 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 a very loving, sacred, truthful you know uh, kind of thing. And 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 then where there's progress made, like with Global Oneness Summit, which you reference, where it grows, which we say thank you God, you know, because <laughs> many of the things that we're led to the people that come in and participate that give freely of their time that's not us that's them you know uh so it's it's just an unfolding uh we we actually call it uh in humanities team the god job uh, my my mother-in-law gave it that name back years ago she recently passed but uh she was listening to how it all works she said god steve that sounds kind of like a god job and i said a god job huh that's an interesting turn of phrase and you know but but in the sense that we're not trying to like do the Western way with an easel of, okay, everybody, what should we do next year? You know, we're, it's not, it's not like that, you know, just like you all where you actually are, are download, you know, what is going to be next year. And the year after that, the year after that you're feeling in that's this whole conscious living thing where you're guided actually to things. And then, and then you're supported and what you're guided to, right. The whole thing is a, is really a journey where, uh, where in a sense everything is a god job you know it's not not just what our work is conscious living is a god job because we're, we're we uh, commune with it we're guided to it and we're supported in it
2: we feel like epic has its own life and it's a living breathing entity and we just happen to be the stewards of it for this period of time you know and allow that information to come to us and shape that as the vehicle of improving people's lives and and helping them open to a more conscious lifestyle. It's kind of funny when I was reading your book, uh, you were talking about the way you grew up and then how you got to this place of selling businesses for $75 million. And there was one little phrase because just like the business, conscious business declaration, right? It's like, we want to build economic prosperity for everyone and make the greatest impact. So we want to keep people inspired to go out there and live the dream. But as your book title, live the new dream of making income as much as you can and equally as much impact as you can in a positive direction. And I just, the really funny quote that you have in your book about your dad lighting the fire under you, I want you to just share that because I think it's so important for people to hear if they just grab that little phrase and put it somewhere, it may help them to wake up in the world and share their gifts in some way.
0: Yeah. Now, and there were several, but I think the one you might be talking about is toothpaste. Yeah. yeah I was in grade school and uh, my grades were not, you know, again, single mom working full time, you know, so you got seven kids, parents have no idea what is being taught in school or homework or tests or anything. And my, my grades there in the early years of high school were, were not good. And my, my dad said, uh, Hey, that's fine. You know, somebody needs to put the toothpaste in the tube, Steve, you know? And I was like, Whoa, I don't, want you know, I don't want to be putting toothpaste in a tube. Uh, so that was uh yeah, it was a moment of inspiration and I know he meant it that way.
2: Yeah. To be told that you're a good candidate and that's what your life's going to be about, I think can help spark it. So that's just a little message to anybody out there. Who's not sure exactly what their calling is and how they can change something. Just think about, you don't want to be putting toothpaste in in tubes and that you want to elevate so that you can really be this divine vehicle for what's greater to come in your world.
0: Absolutely. And you might also in there, uh, Mr. Jacoby, my uh, guidance counselor in high school uh, saying to me, I was asking about an intelligence test I'd taken and, And he said, Steve, you're average, you know, you're just average. So what are you looking for? And I had throughout my book, I had that uh, IBM director saying, you know, this is how high you'll go. You won't go any higher. Don't worry. You know, you're doing fine in class. Every, you know, you're just just gonna, you're kind of okay. I mean, a lot of people are just okay. So I, I actually, I think I've enjoyed on some level being discounted like that. And maybe, you know, people can relate to that. I'd rather have people discount me and then they go, Oh my gosh, I, you know, didn't really think he had that potential. than the other way around where I'm put on some stage that I don't want to be on, you know, and now I've got some expectations I've got to meet, you know, so I did not have the latter happen at all. Uh, I, I, I think I preferred, you know, that, that was fine. Actually part of this journey and maybe part of our conscious journey is we really can't be caring about what other people think and say, even our parents and our brothers and sisters, uh, even in my own family today. If we're really tuned into what just their notion of what is successful and uh, and that, it's gonna be very, very limiting, very limiting. So we've gotta, through our own spiritual practice and just the conscious friends that we uh, surround ourselves with, we've gotta get to that place where we can just stay right on our own compass. Uh, otherwise, we're not going to go to our destiny. Too many people that are going to be, you know, saying, "What are you doing?" and and it's silly, you know, what you're doing.
2: And there's so many people that have been super successful after many, many tries and iterations of things. I read a quote not that long ago that was like, "Failure is an event. It's not a characteristic. There's no human that's a failure. You know, there's just events that happen in people's lives, and those are just." really lessons that help us to grow and learn and, and become the better version of ourselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and right now, gosh, you know, hopefully we can all just inspire each other uh, to our fullest potential, because uh, when we talk about conscious living in 18 years being pervasive, I mean, we really all need to rise together to our, to the fullness of our potential and capacities. And we all have amazing gifts. You know, we, in, in this whole American culture, which is probably quite global, uh, we can tend to be down on ourselves, and you know, self-image can suffer at times. Uh, discount what capacities we have, and we don't want to be our own worst enemy. Here, we want to be doing just the opposite of really, again, with our spiritual practice, the things that we build into our holistic way of living, just to make sure that those really powerful, positive that energy is flowing through us, and we're we're just rising to our, the height of who we can be each and every day.
1: Part of the mission is really lifting other people up. Like you had mentioned, everybody has their own unique gifts. And I see this is one of the great contributions of Humanity's Team is, you know, all of these master classes and spiritual teachers that they're not meant to just tell you what to do. They're actually excavating, bringing up for people what their unique gifts are and so that they can be able to share their little puzzle piece of what it looks like going forward. I want to go back to something you said, you talked about, you know, not wanting to be put on a pedestal. And in the context of Silicon Valley, I think that that happens quite a bit. And you had mentioned that it's not just people who don't have resources that are struggling it's also people who have a great amount of material wealth, but because they're not connected to that greater source, God, whatever it is that you want to call it, that they are deeply struggling and deeply suffering, just as many people who perhaps live in poverty are suffering. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So now, let me, we've talked a little bit ago about Nassim. Harriman's research, San Clemente, California, uh, unified field physicist, really the leader in unified physics globally. And again, his latest research is being unveiled here very soon, I think within, within months. So what it says, and again, uh, this is uh, this whole ancient truth, timeless truth, what mystics have shared sacred text says, it just supports it, which is that we're actually born as part of a whole system or a whole field. You know, we're in a sense, like if we look at our body, to use metaphor, where we have white blood cells and red blood cells and organs and things, we're actually born as part of a body. We're, we're not separate or singular at all. And this is where the American dream gets us in so much trouble, where we think, well, we want to be independent and we want to, you know, climb the stair step into American dream riches and things. When we're, our very nature, our DNA, our physics- are are such that we are actually part of a body Uh, and that body is called cosmos or universe or whatever we want to call it, or God, you know, or the divine or love or life. That's actually how we're built. That's, that's our structure. That's our DNA. And so where we go against that DNA and we just go down the American dream path, let me use, I'll use Mark Zuckerberg's name because he probably wouldn't mind me doing that. I don't know him. (laughs) I look at him, you know, with all the things going on at, at Meta, his new company name, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, et cetera. And I, I just feel a lot of pain for this person, you know, where he's got all of this immense wealth and all of these organizations, and they have not been put in alignment with humankind and the planet and the unfolding of health and well being. It's not aligned with that, it's aligned with other purposes. And just because of the way we're designed, we're made, our DNA, our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual body is such that I was referencing my own chatter there, you know, where I'm on a plane of, oh my God, you know, what the heck am I doing? So this is part of this DNA that I know for with certainty, he experiences of where he's got this chatter going on on one level, you know, is born to a dad who was a dentist and and then he's grown, you know, and he has these billions of dollars and companies and things. I know with certainty on another level, just by Nassim's science, that he's got this other chatter of, with conscience of what am I doing? How's this helping people? How's this supporting this world that's unfolding? You know, I see people with this immense wealth and I see pain. I see, and so I feel compassion. I see tremendous pain because I know that if he were to, if he hopefully, if he hopefully can awaken in his lifetime to who he really is and then come into alignment with that and then put his resources of Facebook and Meta, et cetera, at the service of humanity. Then he'll find the true riches. The financial wealth can still be his, but the other wealth, all this fruit in life will just become his and his families, his two daughters, his wives. So that would be my hope for him because I think until our day of awakening comes and we really understand how we're designed, that we have everlasting life that we have unlimited potential that we're actually this is one of hundreds of lives if not thousands and that we're going to go back at the end of our life we all we all leave right we transition so we're going to go back to that absolute realm and then we go through life review we've all you know it's common what life review is we've all heard a hundred stories right through other people's eyes we experience ourselves of how we treated them how how loving were we how kind how truthful how supportive So that's the only thing that we do in the life review. There's no bank account picture, the Ferrari, the car, the vacations. None of that's in the life review. It doesn't matter. That's not not why we were born into the world, right? There's only one thing that mattered. So once we really get ultimate reality, how we were designed, how life works, and then what we can do in life to take full advantage of the invitation we were given when we embodied, then the life becomes our oyster. And then, it's, then, it's, then we feel this, this incredible prosperity, but not before. So, so that's what I see as I look out at Silicon Valley, and I hope in my lifetime that uh, I can have an opportunity. Some of these technology places to 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 talk. Maybe my book can become a vehicle for that. I don't know, but to just say again, without proselytizing, but just to say, hey, can I, you know, kind of just share a perspective, and then you. maybe it's a nickel and a cold cup of coffee and you want to just throw it away and that's okay. You know, but I'm not trying to proselytize anything. I'm just, I'll just share what I think is true and then do with it what you want. Basically just have to
2: look to nature, right. To see collaboration and cooperation in effect. And you see little kids a lot of times before they get socialized much, they're very collaborative in nature and loving. And it would be, fantastic if we could bring all of that to the forefront of our consciousness in our interactions both personally and professionally on a daily basis
1: that concludes part one of our conversation with steve farrell be sure to visit humanitysteam.org to explore their program offerings and free resources designed to support you on your conscious journey And please be sure to
2: join us for part two of our interview with Steve. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. To hear more great conversations that elevate consciousness, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Join our community at epicconsciousliving.com and get your free health tip ebook. We make it easy for you to be epic. We've chosen to drink better water and pass on plastics. We've been using Berkey water filters for over 10 years and we truly love the quality and taste of our water. We want to let you know that we have an affiliate relationship with Berkey, so if you choose to make a purchase through our link, we will receive a commission. Pass on plastics, drink better water, get peace of mind. EpicConsciousLiving.com backslash Berkey. That's EpicConsciousLiving.com backslash B-E-R-K-E-Y.